I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 206 DGS. Happy Tuesday, I guess. I swear it was Thursday. That's sad. I'm sorry you felt that way. Thank you. Coming up at uh, 2.30... Uh, I've not met the gentleman yet, but I'm positive he's going to be one of our our most interesting guests ever because he is uh, simultaneously the world's best John Denver tribute guy, impersonator. Mm -hmm. He looks like him. He sounds like him. He's doing two shows at the pageant this Sunday afternoon, and he is also an archaeologist who found the 12th Dead Sea Scrolls. Hmm. Whoa. I've lived a pretty interesting <laughs> life, but I think Rick may have it on me. Kevin was really struggling with this in the office to wrap his head around both of those things simultaneously. It's a lot of awesome. So that's a lot, a lot right? Quite yeah. a resume. It's crazy. It's like being the world's best Gilligan impersonator and discovering a comet or something. <laughs> and they're not incidental to each other either. He like blends them together. He's like, well. You're being- saying he found the Dead Sea Scrolls because... He's a Bob. Yeah, he said that that, that John, John Denver, Denver was sort of his muse on the on the journey and You're became the muse. I'm a hundred percent. I got this. <laughs> he almost said Bob Denver. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Gilligan? I know. Who is yeah. Gilligan? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. He's like, I also got a mean Bob Denver. You know that story, right? There, I almost got. I didn't graduate from Washu Law because I tried to book Gilligan to be our commencement speaker. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> it went way too far. Like, he was going to do it. And uh, his agent ended up calling the dean of the school. He's like, we'd like some clarification on this. And they're like, Glover. Honorary doctorate to Gilligan. Were you on, like, the board to try to find the commencement speaker or something? God, no. Okay, you were just working on it. Oh, just a joke. Just a gag. Just going rogue? (laughs) Yeah. Story of my life. Well, you probably didn't think he was going to do it. No. But then when he's like, sure. No. Sounds great. There have been so many things like that in my life where I'm like, oh, crap, they're taking this seriously. <laughs> that happened one time. Uh-oh. I was just talking to producer Tom. Anyone who listened to the show for a long time knows Tom Turbrock. Just sweetest, most innocent guy in the world. And uh, <laughs> this is probably 2004 or five. The show had just kind of blown up and gotten big and we were doing this thing at uh, the Galleria there was or probably still is a movie theater and we were doing it for like UPN or one of those kind of stations and uh, the Dick Van Dyke show was big or murder or diagnosis murder was big on that station and being me 
uh, and being new to radio and doing like a bad David Letterman impression or something back then, I was like, hey, come out and meet Dick Van Dyke. He's going to be there at 10 a.m., you know, bright and early, blah, blah, blah. Dick Van Dyke's not going to be at the Galleria, right? And so we show up, and there's this girl shockingly young for someone into Dick Van Dyke, probably 22, and her arms are full of Dick Van Dyke memorabilia. And she's like, what time is Mr. Van Dyke going to be here? And it was me and Tom. (laughs) And I go, I'll be right back. And I just took off and left Tom holding the bag. (laughs) She was so mad. I could see her from afar. I was was like at KB Toys or something, and she's ranting and raving. Yes. KB Toys. Isn't it terrible that there aren't toy stores anymore? Yeah, it's yeah. awful. Man, I mean, there was, was fun. there was nothing more fun than, you know, if you were at the mall with your mom and you were good, then you could go look at the toy store. Yeah, and, but you always hated that message when it was, you know, you're not getting anything. Yeah. You can look around like, ah. Mm. And Toys R Us is like, I, I think it technically still exists, but it's online only. Which no, I think the they're point? bringing, no, I think I saw they're bringing some stores They're back. bringing some back. Yeah. I think they exist like within Macy's. Oh, is that what that is? I for think, for right. me, so. and we've talked about this before, at Jamestown Mall, because I was about 12 or 13 when we would go to Jamestown Mall, and they had a Spencer's Gifts, and Spencer's had lots of very risque kind of, you know, Toys, adult toys and such. And they had the poster room, which was not naked, but it was like Cheryl Teagues and Farrah Fawcett and, you know, girls that somehow had a bunch of oil poured on them. I don't know. And so I was not allowed to go in there. But then I would be like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go look at the Hush Puppy shoe store, and my mom and dad were dumb, so I would just go into Spencer's, and I'd go back to the poster room, and remember the famous shot of the guy from the Hanging Chad election with Bush Gore, where his eyes were really wide open, and he's looking at these? That was 12-year-old Dave. I was trying to burn the images into my brain for later use. I'm just like, like pressing save, yes, save, yes, save. exactly. You got a, you got a jeweler's loop. You keep dropping. The manager come back and be like, son, can I help you out? I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought this was uh, P and Hirsch. I always struggled at Spencer's when I was younger because, and even now, you did. even now, honestly, because it's like, they know why I'm there, right? It still exists. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Shut up. Yeah. Spencer's you could even exists. go to the poster room. Go to the one in Alton Square Mall, oh, Dave. It exists. Oh, my God. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Can we go to Olga's? Yes. Absolutely. Oh, sure can. That's a that's a DGS outing. I was just at Olga's. We'll pick Francis up on the way. Let's go. She Sounds loves fun. Olga's. Oh, she's got to go. have snackers. And Spencer's. Dirty, <laughs> dirty woman. They're both in the dirty same place? Woman. Yeah, they're both in the Alton Square Mall. Oh. But yeah, I, I'd go in there. Field trip. It's just it, I would just feel so awkward because it's like I knew I wasn't fooling anybody. By like a twelve-year-old boy is going like when Spencer's. you go to Casey's at night and pretend to be drunk. Exactly, I yeah. couldn't pretend to be drunk when I was twelve at Spencer's. I had to, I had to face that one legitly. So I try to like sneak around, and so they probably thought I was like stealing stuff. And I'm like, no, I just want to see. See, I had a, I was never allowed to go into Spencer's, uh, but I had, I was at the mall once with a friend who was allowed to go in to look at because they have like lava lamps and lights mm-hmm. and stuff, and it was like, yeah, we can go in, but we can just look at the lights. And I was just like, ugh. I'm going to get in so much trouble for being here. <laughs> At uh, Eastgate, which you guys are familiar with, yeah. in the corner that used to be Pantera's was in the corner, and Pantera's was already scary enough because uh, pretty much only burnouts and potheads worked at Pantera's, would, and I, there's nothing in the world I feared more than a burnout or a pothead. And then right next door was a head shop. 
Oh, my God. It was running the gauntlet to get in there. <laughs> oh, man. It was please and thank you and yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, and just try not to catch an ass beating. <laughs> <laughs> they had those big red plastic cups. You know what I'm talking about? No. Great big tumblers. I think so. Yeah. Someone brought one in here a couple years ago, and I stole it. Yeah. <laughs> so I have it in my house. So like frosted plastic? Because they're plastic, right? Yeah, hard yeah. plastic. Uh-huh. They sold them at the head shop or Pantera's head? No, no, Pantera's. Okay, I was going to say, I'm not familiar. <laughs> I mean, I know my way around. I've never. Rachel's <laughs> <laughs> was like, I was not allowed in Spencer's, but <laughs> here's our three foot bongs. And right next to those, of course, are the um, <laughs> the classic uh, Emo's glasses. So, Rach, what's the love you have for delivery people? I just want to give a big shout out to anyone making deliveries this holiday season. I'm sure, I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm sure people are ordering more things than they ever have in the past because that's just the way society's going. And I have a couple packages on the way, uh, more than a couple actually, and a couple of of them keep getting delayed, but it's like, I can't get mad. They're probably just inundated with a crazy amount of stuff right now. So just shout out to the people working that job. It's Already, like, it can't be that fun, especially when you have, like, you know, heavy packages and stuff. I saw an article the other day, and it was based on a TikTok that an Amazon worker had made, basically begging people to stop ordering heavy household things from Amazon, like kitty litter or dog food and stuff. She's just like, I don't get paid enough to lug this stuff up to your house, which... You know, that's her opinion. I'm sure a lot of people feel like, well, okay, but it's a service that's offered, so I'm going to do it anyway. But when you stop and think about, like, the human making the delivery, it makes you think twice. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, it's the holiday season. Everybody gets a little busier this time of year. I just shout out to all them people. And what's the Instagram thing for Gen Z? Oh, so Gen Z talked about their Instagram usage. Let me get this pulled up here because a lot of people say this is going to be an indicator of trends into 2024. Um, let's see. So, uh photo you guys know what a photo dump is? No. Are either of you you're not on Instagram are you, are you wheels? I am but I'm not. I mean like I have an account but I don't use it. So a photo dump is when you put up like 10 photos at once and you can okay. kind of swipe through them and those have become very popular in the past couple of years and they're going to become more popular in the 2024. DMing is going to become more popular even than it is now. And then uh, if you post bad memes on Instagram, it's a way to tank your social status. So watch out for that. Well, Meaning if you if you don't have good taste in memes, then people are going to take not, you not funny, not funny, not relevant. Gotcha. You better watch out at that point. Oh, can, can you do one more story? <laughs> yeah. Can you do the grandparent thing? Yes. Uh, let's see. Okay. So this was this was really interesting. I saw this on the New York Post. Um, so some millennial parents are out there saying that they feel abandoned by their boomer parents because they're not available to help raise their grandkids, boomer and Gen X parents, mm-hmm. because they're either still working or they're traveling and they're just, you know, they're like, I'm too busy to help raise the grandkids. Living their lives. And so some millennials are saying, you're leaving me hanging out to dry here. I need childcare. And I was counting on you. So my question to you guys is, as a grandparent, not that either of you are grandparents, but maybe someday, do you think there's an obligation there to help raise the children? Do you think that's a built-in 
Um, I would feel an obligation to be there for my kids and my grandkids, but I would not feel an obligation to be there full time every day. I have an adjacent story that more and more boomer grandparents are wanting to be paid to watch their grandkids. Oh, no. No. Go off, wheels. I mean, it's, it's your family. Who like this is what was the story we had the other day that that people was oh. somebody was <laughs> charging, charging for... people to go to th- to Thanksgiving yeah. dinner? Or, <laughs> you either do it or you don't, but you don't ask for payment from family members mm. for things like that. Like you know, my my parents are in the middle of this now. They're my parents are boomers. My sister is she's millennial. She's not Z. She's eighteen years younger than me, so she's in her early thirties. Uh she's she might even is that is that millennial like a young millennial? Yeah. Okay, so young. And they they help out with my niece anytime they can, but if they like if they're going to be in Florida for a period of time, they're going to be in Florida for a period of time. Like there's no obligation to stay and do that, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, but they're also not going to charge my sister to watch the kid. That's weird. That's an odd dynamic. Yeah, I would think in most cases the grandparents are just happy and grateful to spend that time with the with the child. Yeah. But but I could say, I mean, you know, there's got to be parents out there who take it, you know, way for granted and go like, okay, I want to, can you watch him for the seventh time this week? And mm-hmm. at that point, I I kind of do get the like, sure. okay, well, I'm not, you know, your servant. Yeah. I should be able to have a life outside of this. I mean, the expectation shouldn't be that you're basically on call. Right. Right. I mean, but I mean, it's fair to say that if you're around, if you live in the same area, yeah, just you would re- definitely want to pitch in and help out. Like. My my in laws did when we lived in this. We lived in Chicago, and they lived there, and they would yeah. take care of our daughter all the time. But it wasn't like you need to do this every day or every time we want you to. If they were going on vacation, they're going on vacation. Yeah, or if they're just doing whatever they want to do. Two twenty five DGS. Hey, Rach, tell you everyone why you're laughing. <laughs> I don't think I can. Yeah, I don't think you can either. <laughs> there's there's layers to why I cannot explain. Yes, why I'm laughing. Layers and layers and layers. <laughs> Uh, Wheels, anything new on the sports front, either with the Cardinals or with the uh, continued kerfuffle about the college football playoffs? No, um, that's pretty much that pretty much is what it is. There's the it's going to the system's going to change. So I don't think that conversation is going to be anything more than Florida State got hosed. And there are a lot of people not happy about it. Um, There are some people talking about whether or not that was the tail wagging the dog, that that was ESPN because they have the rights to the playoffs exerting some pressure. And there've been people pointing to a lot of their college football analysts over the last couple of weeks, raising this point saying, I don't know if you can take Florida state with the, without their quarterback kind of making their point clear. Yeah. Um, and they were all very defensive about it afterwards. Like, Oh, it's the right call. It's the right call. It's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting that you're saying that when mm-hmm. you, your network directly benefits from it. But I think the, there as we talked about, there are two things that are true. The ratings will be better with what they did. That's a fact. It's going to be better with Michigan, Alabama than it would be Michigan, Florida State. Um, but that doesn't justify what happened. I think most people outside of ESPN agree with that. Um, here's what the one interesting thing today. Nothing's happened in baseball today. It's been way too quiet the couple of days here for the mm. winter meetings. I thought it was going to be a little busier, but it seems like the entire industry is waiting on Shohei Otani. Mm. And then once that decision happens... That's going to free up a whole bunch of other moves, right? Because if you're in on Otani, you're going to wait. And then then if you lose out on him, well, then you're going to be moving into other directions and that kicks everything everything off. But the draft lottery is tonight. And that's notable for the Cardinals because they're never here. 
So they haven't picked higher than 13th since 2008. Okay. And I think it's only been twice in like the last 35 years that they've picked this like higher. This, yeah. The last time they picked this high was J.D. Drew. Okay. Right. So they're the fifth worst team in baseball. Uh-huh. They have the fifth best chance at getting the number one pick. Okay. It's an 8% chance though. So they're probably not getting the number one pick, but that's one What's thing tonight. What's the worst we could do? As I think, far as pick. I think the worst is 11th. Okay. I think. Um, but is there a um, agreed upon number one pick this year? Not really. And this is the this is kind of to me. It's I'm a I'm a draft nerd. I follow college baseball. I follow the high school ranks. Because um, the draft isn't until the end of the next season. It, it's it's going to be no. It'll be in summer. It'll be right, It's in right, July. Right, right. It's in July. So there's a lot of time because you got to play out the spring yep. uh, for both high school and college, and that'll yep. help determine it. But see, last year there were like five guys that in any year other than last year could have gone number one. Remember that. And that's just not going to be the case this year. There will be great players. There will be great talent. Hopefully they get a top five pick, but we'll find out. I think it starts at 430, so we may know by the end of the show. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good, good. Welcome back, guys. DGS 236. Uh, Rick... No pressure, but I built you up to be the most interesting guest we'll have all year. Uh, I really did. I'm like, this guy's a giant Denver impersonator and an archaeologist and discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls. So either he's a gigantic liar or the most like impressive person ever. Very nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you. Yeah, Dave. welcome to St. Louis. It's great to be back home in St. Louis. Are you, is this your home? No, I, I was raised in St. Louis. Okay. Uh, I lived uh, much of my life in St. Louis. I moved out to, of St. Louis in 94 to California and took up surfing. There you go. Can't do that here. <laughs> and yeah. archaeology. Yeah. <laughs> get, get right up on the mic so everyone oh, can hear Sorry. You. That's okay. Um, okay, so just kind of before we play John Denver and before we talk about Dead Sea Scrolls, what a fascinating story. Just give us the story. Like how, just start wherever you want and end wherever you want. Sure. Well, at 13, I had to wear glasses, and uh, as soon as I put on glasses, people were telling me that I looked like John Denver. Yeah. He was only the biggest star in the world, and I did not know who he was. Okay. And so uh, 
when I found out who he was, I thought, oh, gosh, that's kind of cool. And, and, uh, and at the time, I was kind of focused on, uh, you know, school and things, but I, I was learning to sing. And so I got the Rocky Mountain High album, and I took it home uh, from the public library, and I was listening to him sing, and I thought, my gosh, this guy sounds like me. You know, our timbre of vocal uh, voice is very similar. Um, our texture is a little different. Mine's a little softer, which I feel like I'm adding something to John's music. And it's kind of fun because I, I don't actually imitate John. I, it's just my natural mm-hmm. voice. It's kind of funky. We're kind of both geeky and creative, and I've gotten to know a lot of people around John, including his manager, lifelong manager, and they've told me a lot of interesting things. Um, so we have some similarities and some differences. But, uh, yeah, so I, I took up singing and, and playing the guitar. I was inspired. I taught myself to play the guitar to a song called Sunshine on My Shoulders, which you may know. And um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, that uh, led to uh, 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 when I was 16, working at Six Flags Over Mid-America. Nice. I was a chicken cook at night, third <laughs> shift. <laughs> nice. And so uh, one one uh, day they or night, they called me and said, hey, Schuler, we want you to come down to the office. And I thought, oh, man, I must be in trouble for something, you know. And <laughs> sure enough, they said, hey, man, we're going to have a no talent night and we're just going to ask you to just hold a guitar and say far out. And I thought, okay. And they, uh, and, and it was a no talent night. So I said, Hey, you know, it was a D 45 Martin guitar. I said, do you guys mind if I sing a song? And they said, can you sing? And I said, well, yeah, you know, I can sing Rocky mountain high. And so, uh, <laughs> they, they said, sure. It's no talent night, no risk. So I went and did a concert. Uh, I sang Rocky Mountain High and uh, get a standing ovation from 2,000 kids. And I was hooked ever since. I bet. Did they, <laughs> did they move you up to second shift on the, chick, uh, the chicken? <laughs> chicken? <laughs> no, man. Got a promotion. I, you know, I burnt the chicken like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so did you almost immediately go into the John Denver thing or did you go into your own music or cover oh, bands? Yeah. And You know, it's funny. Um, there wasn't any... Uh, type of thing like that. I thought it was odd that we sounded similar, so similar, um, and that was at 13. And really, um, I didn't, you know, you don't really focus on what you look like. But in my yearbook at uh, Southwest High School and Eureka High School, you don't, my name wasn't even mentioned. It was John Denver, Sunshine Boy, you know, you Mm -hmm. name it, you Mm -hmm. know. And uh, when I got into college, I got rid of my glasses and I was really kind of happy to establish my own identity yeah. away from all that stuff, you know. And um, But it's interesting is that John's music has always been a part of my life. And wherever I go, whether I'm working on archaeological digs in Israel or wherever it is, I, in fact, in Israel, I have to wear my glasses because in the desert, you, you know, there's too yeah. much stuff floating around. And, uh, and you know, so I... I uh, I really look like John Denver then. <laughs> you know, I got a keffiyeh and, sun, and yeah. the glasses and I come out of the desert and people look at me like they think they know, everybody <laughs> thinks they know me because of John Denver. That's I mean, great. I've had celebrities <laughs> think they know me. Yeah. And, and they're looking at me like, hey, we know each other, right? And, um, I feel you. I've had the same thing lifelong with Steve McQueen. Like everyone, <laughs> yeah, right. I change Brad my Pitt, hair. Yeah. I yeah. try to gain weight, lose weight. It's yeah. always like, hey, cooler king. <laughs> <laughs> and then the archaeology. Oh, that's the most far out part of it. I mean, in 2000, right after 9-11, about a couple months after that, I, I took a tour to Israel for the first time, and I wanted to meet Dr. Randall Price, who is the lead archaeologist on The Dig, and he wrote a book called Secrets from the Dead Sea Scrolls. 
And I wanted to meet him on this uh, little tour that was going over there. And he and I became friends. He saw that I was a surfer, poet, musician kind of guy, adventurer. And he said, okay, Rick, you got to join us. And so I became part of the staff and we found, we worked on the Qumran Plateau by the Dead Sea for 10 years, five dig seasons. We made history on that. And then 2017, we discovered the first Dead Sea Scroll cave found in 60 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Found a little scroll about that big. Yeah. And I found a pair of pickaxes mm. that I'll show you a picture of off camera or off, uh, uh, off air. Uh, off air. Um, about a couple of pickaxes that are actually over 2,000 years old, and they carved all the niches in our cave with those pickaxes. I'm sure Julie, who brought you in, has told you, this is my life. It's my hobby. I'm <laughs> so into whether it's Dead Sea Scrolls or Ancient Aliens or, you know, Primitive or Man, uh, whatever it is. Uh, can you even use English words to describe what that moment was like? Dave, you just set me up for this. I swear. So we found in 2004, we found a wine jug about like this, with big with handles and a lid, and it was sealed for over 2,000 years. And the Bedouin, whose uncles actually discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls, he works with us, he works with Yagal Yadin, he's worked with everybody famous in archaeology, and he's become a friend. His father was the Grand Sheik of the West Bank, and a very dear friend. And he comes over and he goes, Rick, come over here. <laughs> and he lifts the lid that was sealed, and we got it off. He goes, smell it. And I smelt it. And I had an olfactory connection. I could smell a sweet residue that I cannot describe to you in English. Um, in any language, quite frankly, matok is the word for sweet in Hebrew, but it was a sweet residue that was just indescribable. And I was hooked on the archaeology from there on. This was 2004, and I started studying Hebrew at American Jewish University. I'm a Christian, but I studied it for four and a half years there, and I can read, write, and speak, and I can actually read the Dead Sea Scrolls. I have some of them memorized. Mm. I have a photographic memory. Unbelievable. It's far out. Not to take this dark, because it's a fun interview, but what's going on in Israel right now must break your heart. You know, it's funny. I was telling Julie that, uh, or maybe it was Tracy, I can't remember. Um, I was telling someone that uh, that I was there in 2006. Um, well, we've been there over the last 25 years or so. Um, every other year or so. I was there four times in 2017 when we found the scroll cave. But uh, I was there, uh, I did a concert for the ambassador to Israel, Bill Taylor at the time, and he was working on the disengagement from Gaza. And so him and I became friends. I introduced his wife who did a dissertation on the book of Revelation, and she wanted to meet Dr. Price. And so we, we gave a concert, I gave him a concert for both of them. And it's a heartbreaking situation on both sides. I have friends I used to make a joke that if I invited a party and had all my friends to it, they'd try to kill each other and me too. But actually, they'd probably have a great time. So, so yeah, sad. it's a heartbreaking situation for everybody, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah. Um, let's do this. Let's take a break and come back, and uh, Rick will sing a song for us. Uh, before that, in case people have to dip out, when and where? So the pageant this Sunday, two matinee shows, correct? Yeah. Have you been, uh, actually have, two and six p.m. I think. Have you have you uh, been to the pageant for shows? Oh yeah, before? we did a show. We sold it out last year and had a wonderful time. Great room, right? Oh Just my a great goodness! Room. It's a Joe has a lovely place there. Yeah, perfect. Uh, 
Welcome back, guys. DGS 250. So uh, in studio, we have Rick Schuler, who is a St. Louis boy, uh, archaeologist, uh, discoverer of one of the Dead Sea Scrolls, and the preeminent John Denver impersonator tribute. How do you, how I do you? call it a tribute. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the Rocky Mountain High Experience will be this Sunday, December 10th, 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. shows at the pageant. Uh, if you want to check him out, you can go to Rick Schuler, which is S-C-H-U-L-E-R Music. Uh, Rick got his start on KMOX back in like 1983, and here is what it sounded like uh, when he was on with Mr. Carney. This is Carney talking. When you cross an elephant with a fish. This is him talking. I have no idea what you get when you cross an elephant with a fish. Uh, I don't know. Let's see if Colin knows. I notice he wired himself in a microphone. What do you get in Trinidad? You have to fold it. it. That's okay. We get it. We'll play. We'll play it when you guys leave. You you send it to Andrew. Uh, okay. So Rick is going to play uh, a John Denver song for us. Rick, anytime you're ready, take it away. Sure. This is Sunshine on My Shoulders. This song changed my life. <clears throat> Sunshine on my shoulders makes me happy. Sunshine in my eyes can make me cry. Sunshine on the water looks so lovely. Sunshine almost always makes me high If I had a day I could give you I'd give to you a day just like today If I had a song, I could sing for you. I'd sing a song to make you feel this way. Sunshine on my shoulders makes me happy Sunshine in my eyes can make me cry Sunshine on the water looks so lovely Almost always makes me high. If I had a tale, I could tell you. 
I tell a tale sure to make you smile if I had a wish I could wish for you I'd make a wish for sunshine all the while sunshine on my shoulders makes me happy sunshine in my eyes can make me Almost always makes me high. Literally one of the best performances in 25 years. Yeah. Beautiful. Really beautiful. I've never seen Wheeler cry before. (laughs) (laughs) That that song gets me. Absolutely beautiful. It's a lovely song. And as a singer myself, just to walk into a place and sing like that without warming up or anything is really impressive. Thank you. Man, oh man. That's really something, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lovely song. It changed my life when I first saw it. And uh, every time I sing it, it's like I sing it for the first time. I don't think people ab- appreciate John Denver because he was just so John Denver, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, and all the specials. Oh, man, was he ever. He was yeah. just so John Denver. And yeah. so people are like, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. But they don't appreciate what an artist he truly was. Oh, man, I tell you, you know, I, I fall in love with John and his music. Day by day, it's just so lovely. I mean, that song, especially, John said it wasn't pastoral escapism, and it is actually a very deep and very beautiful song. Yeah. Uh, Well, if you'd like more of that, you can go to the pageant, beautiful Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m., 6 p.m. Julie, typical ways to get uh, tickets, yeah, Ticketmaster, uh, or go to the pageant box office this Sunday. Pleasure meeting you, Rick. Best of everything. Pleasure meeting you, Brother Dave. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.